chapter 28, verses 1 through 8, we read these words. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said unto the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, Behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice! So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Father, we ask now that you speak to our hearts, continue to share your message with us, May we respond to you as you call us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. The song of victory today is a song that is entitled, I Will Rise. Chris Tomlin wrote this song. It is relatively a contemporary song. The chorus of that song says, I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise on eagles' wings before my God, fall on my knees, and I will rise. We learn from this song about not only the fact that one day we will rise, but about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He says, Jesus has overcome, and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. The only way we would rise is if Jesus himself had risen from the dead. You've heard that already taught today. That without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are hopeless. And so this song gives us hope. And it gives us meaning to life. And I want to share several things about that. First of all, I want us to notice the reasonable fact of the resurrection. And I have called it a reasonable fact because when we think about the testimony that is given in a court of law, it is to be testimony beyond a reasonable doubt. And when we look at the evidence that has been given to us in a very reliable book, the Bible, we find out that the witnesses who spoke of the resurrection of Jesus, convince us 
beyond a reasonable doubt that Jesus Christ actually rose from the grave. I consider it to be a reasonable fact. And I consider it to be a reasonable fact, first of all, because the tomb was empty. Now that is the testimony that was given, not only by the angels of God, but by those who went and visited the tomb after the resurrection. They looked there, they saw that it was empty. The angel said, he is not here, for he is risen like he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. That was the place that they laid him after he had died the cruel death on the cross. It was a place that, you know, those around, those people who were there, they knew that was the tomb of Jesus. The guards knew that Jesus was inside that tomb. They understood that Jesus had died and was placed there. They were put there to guard the tomb to make sure his body was not stolen. So they knew he was in there. But yet, on that glorious Easter morning, he came back to life. And the stone was rolled away. He was not here. That was the evidence. In Luke 24 and 8, it says they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to, to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb. And stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed, marveling to himself at what had happened. The women had already looked into the tomb. They had already seen that Jesus had risen. Actually, they had already spoken with him and worshipped him. And they went and told the apostles. And Peter said, you know, this sounds like a fairy tale to me. And he ran and he looked into the tomb himself. And he found that the tomb was empty. All that was left was the cloth that Jesus had been wrapped in. And so it was noted on numerous occasions by several witnesses that the tomb was empty that day. We also see the eyewitnesses were many. There were many eyewitnesses. They had seen the very fact that Jesus was walking around speaking and and sharing with them. They had even seen the nail prints in his hands and in his feet. They understood that he was scarred even from the sword that pierced his side. They looked at him, they saw him, and they knew without any doubt that this is the same Jesus that was nailed to the cross just a few days before that. The Apostle Paul gives testimony as to the eyewitnesses of those who were there that day in 1 Corinthians 15 and 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which also I received, that Christ died for our sins. That is a very important statement. First of all, Christ died. Don't think for a moment that he did not die. Don't ever think that that it was just an act. 
He died, and the reason he died is because we are sinners. And we can all relate to that, can't we? I mean, don't we know we are sinners? Don't we know that without, without hope in this world, without a way, we would spend an eternity separated from God, but because of the cross, because of what Jesus did for us, he died for our sins. That's the reason. So Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen by James, then by all of the apostles, Then, last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Paul said, all these are eyewitnesses. All of these people have seen him. This is a fact. It is a reasonable fact. It is something that that I and most of you have absolutely no problem believing. We would believe any witnesses if there were 500 witnesses that testified to any fact wouldn't you pretty much believe that you'd be compelled to when we look at Jesus and we understand that today we are declaring his resurrection we know that it is not just with uh, uh, with any doubt in our hearts or in our minds we see that Jesus is alive today the reasonable fact of his resurrection. I also want us to notice the practical teaching of his resurrection and this song by Chris Tomlin. He said, I will rise when he calls my name. No more sorrow, no more pain. I will rise on eagle's wings before my God fall on my knees and rise, I will rise. He said, there's a day that's drawing near when this darkness breaks to light and the shadows disappear and my faith shall be my eyes. Jesus has overcome and the grave is overwhelmed. The victory is won. He is risen from the dead. When we look at Jesus and we hear this song, and I know several of you, that song is going through your mind because you have heard that multiple times. If you listen to Christian radio especially, you hear that song a lot and and maybe even sing it to yourself. But what we find is the practical teaching of the resurrection of Jesus listed right here in the song and from the Scriptures. It's practical because He is risen. It teaches us I will rise and I will live forever. What a wonderful blessing to know that when this life is over, that's not the end. You know, that wonderful blessing could also be a horrible curse for those who choose to reject Jesus. He's the only hope. He's the only way. But as I look at the resurrection, and I look at the fact that he is risen, 
I anticipate a day when I will be in his very presence forevermore with no more sorrow and no more pain. The Bible says, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most pitiful. Miserable people. I see that because of the resurrection of Jesus, I have life. I have a a life on earth that is uh, blessed because of that and eternal life in the Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that there is coming a day when there will be no more sorrow and no more pain that is shared with us in the book of Revelation, chapter 21, where it reminds us, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. God reassures us that even though this world is getting worse, even though it is crumbling under the load of sin, and I think all of us would agree just by looking around us in our world today that it is truly crumbling. Even though it's very bleak when we look around us, when we look up to the cross and beyond to our Savior Jesus Christ, And what awaits us as believers, it truly is victory. It is truly a blessing to know that one day there will be no more sorrow. One day there will be no more pain, no more heartache. The resurrection is very practical to us. It also teaches us that in that day... I will rise to meet the Lord. We don't know when Jesus is coming again. There have been a lot of people who have tried to predict when Jesus is coming again. They've speculated on it. They've set dates. They've really hurt the cause more than anything. The Bible tells us that Jesus is coming again. Jesus himself said, I will come again. There is no question about it. And when we look around us today, we see that all of the markers have already been put in place. And we are only waiting for that day when he's coming again. Paul described it in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus shall we always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. What glorious words of a day when Jesus Christ is coming again. And it is comforting. Isn't it? It is to believers. It is horrifying to those who say, you know, one day, Lord, maybe I'll follow you. 
one of these days I'll get my act together. One of these days I'll, uh, I'll be saved. You know, you're so bold in saying something like that because God only promised you today. And God only has given you possibly this only opportunity. And for you to say, God, in my own time, when I get good and ready, I'll follow you, is tempting God. I encourage you today, be ready. He's coming again. From the practical side, we see that no matter the darkness and bleakness of the day, Jesus has overcome. Again, we're talking about a song of victory. We are looking at the fact that we as believers are victorious in Christ. Why? Because he has already won the victory. There is victory in Jesus. Because of that, because of the fact that he has overcome, then we can relax. Sometimes we're really trying to overcome. You know, we're trying to, to deal with life and with its circumstances and we are trying to work hard maybe to hopefully appease God but he reminds us that he is overcome in John 16 and 33 these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome the world now, he said a couple of very important things there. One of the things is, I came so that you can have peace. That's a peace that passes understanding. But he also said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. I mean, it's inevitable. Troubles and trials, difficulties are going to come. But he said, Smile, relax, rejoice because I have overcome the world. What a blessing. And so from the practical standpoint, we can honestly say that the victory is won. The victory is won. He's overcome and the victory is won. Thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Because of Jesus, we have victory. And, you know, without Jesus, we lost. Without Jesus, you're lost. And ultimately, you're a loser. You want victory? You want to win? You want to be on the winning team? That's Jesus. That's his side. He's calling you over to that side. He's saying, come on over. You know, I want you. Have you ever been, I remember as a, a kid, I really wasn't all that athletic. And quite frankly, as an adult, I'm not all that athletic. You know, I, I play golf because, you know, you don't have to run a mile every day to play golf. You know, you just hit a little ball around and hope it goes where you want it to hit to go. But when you was a kid, did you ever 
Did you ever get with a group, you know, we're picking teams and they're picking people and you're standing there waiting and you're waiting and you're looking around and everybody's been picked. But you, I've been there, you know. But let me tell you something about Jesus. He's picking teams and he's already picked you. He said, I want you. I want you on my side. I want you to follow me. I want you to be on the winning team. Why would you just stand there? Why would you just not break out in a run to come and get on his team? Mind-boggling why people turn and walk away from the same Jesus who died on the cross who is calling you to come. Let me share the ultimate response towards the resurrection. In the song it says, And I hear the voice of many angels sing, Worthy is the Lamb. And I hear the cry of every longing heart, Worthy is the Lamb. And I hear the voice of many angels sing, Worthy is the Lamb. The cry of every longing heart, Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. Coming to Jesus, understanding that he died for me, that he was buried and yet he rose again victoriously causes some things to happen in me. It brings humility before the Savior. To know he cared for me enough that he would die. He loved me enough that he would give it all up. I am humbled by the fact that this Jesus of Nazareth more importantly, the Son of the living God, call my name. Wants me to be on his side. Wants to love on me and call me to serve him. That is a humbling experience. It is depicted in Revelation 7 and 9. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. All the angels stood round the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. They fell on their faces before the throne of God because they were so moved by the fact that Jesus would die, that God would send his only begotten son to die on the cross and miraculously bring him back to life victoriously for us. So humility 
we all ought to be humbled and at awe of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Also praise and adoration to Jesus our King. To worship Him. People ought to, you know, they ought to be standing at the door for the opportunity to worship God. But it's not so. Just to have the privilege to come together with God's people in God's house and worship the true and living God. What a privilege. Revelation 5 and 11, John is writing the words, Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power, and riches, and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. He is worthy of our praise, and worthy of our worship, and worthy of our adoration. That is our Savior, Jesus Christ. That is my Savior. He changed my life. I was just 12, but he changed my life when I chose to live for him for the rest of my life. So, it's a neat story, the cross. Really, that's putting it lightly. It is a story you cannot afford to ignore. You need him. Don't walk away from him. God is calling. What is your answer? Let's pray together. Father, you know the heart of every person here. And the business that you want them to do with you today. You are calling them to respond to you. Choose to make such a decision today to follow you. And to give all of their lives, the rest of their life to you. To repent of their sin, turn from it, live for you. You're calling. And you've chosen each one here. I pray you'll give them grace to respond today. As we sing this song, that they will respond to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Would you please stand?